Yeah. We're often trying to keep a little bit of time for uh, a question from from Chad, but before we do, I definitely have, want to have your your views on uh, you know where the industry is going, uh, both mm -hmm. in terms of production distribution because you know it is changing very fast. It changed a lot in the past ten years, and I'm only assuming it's going to change even more in the next uh, ten years. So. Mm -hmm production, distribution, how, where do you see us being in ten, five, ten years uh, from today? It's a good question because Hollywood's in a free fall right now. Like they, Netflix has disrupted everything. Furthermore, coronavirus, COVID has come in and cemented streaming as the main revenue that people are making right now. It's not, every deal that, actors made before a year ago was all based off of box office. This is why like Scarlett Johansson's so pissed about her deal mm -hmm. with Black Widow is because, you know, some people look at, oh, she just wants more money. It's like, no, she is fighting for her rights as an artist because her income, rightly so, because the way that she, people go to see her films, her income is based off of box office sales. Yep. Disney and Marvel did is they took her income away from her because Netflix, Disney Plus, all those guys, they hide their revenue. They don't, yep. they don't show what's mm. going on behind the scenes. And that's all so that they can keep money. I'm sorry, Absolutely. Disney, you guys, whatever. But they hide all their metrics and all their numbers because they don't have to pay the artist. It's part yeah. of it. Yeah, they and, don't want to have that awkward conversation about like, okay, so this movie didn't do very well, so yeah. they're not going to pay the artist. But meanwhile, they're still making billions of dollars. Like It's like that's an awkward conversation to have, right? Yep. So. And it's, it's hard because it's not like this. A lot of times it's not like this movie made this because it's a, a subscription service. But you can easily see how long somebody sat to watch a movie, how many people yeah. clicked on it. And yeah, you can yeah. make a metric based off of that. Of course. Yeah. None of, of them course. are willing to share it. Yeah. And so I think she's very right in fighting for her rights to say, look, I need to know how much of the portion of your subscription for those months came from Black Widow, and I want my piece of that. That's yeah, right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. That's yeah. yeah. And do, do you see this, how do you this, see this, this trend uh, evolved and uh, actually impact how production are going to be both finance and, and the production side of it? Because with what everyone discovered with COVID, it, there was already a trend with remote work, but this is now more than a trend. It's going to become the norm that the, the majority of the people are going to expect at least some of the time to be able to work remotely. And all the studio that will not provide this privilege are going to be you know, penalized for not doing it. Yeah, I think, I think places like Pixar and Disney are going to get away with it um, yeah. because so much of it is about the experience in the screening room. Um, so much of it's about that experience of having everybody together in, in, in there. You know, we've been doing, you know, we've, we've been working on the short at Agora and we've had a great experience doing it, but this is a small team. I think it mm -hmm. works really well for a small team. When you have a team of, like we were doing Doug Days, I was working on that. It's the last thing I did before I left Pixar. And, you know, we have 40 people in a Zoom meeting. It's, I just checked out, you know? And if you have a big crew, I think you need to get, I think you're better off getting people together. Yeah. But as far as the way, I think it's really unclear on, on how it's going to affect the industry because 
the way that our work is being monetized is very hidden right now, like I was saying before. And so you look at like Netflix has greenlit a thousand projects and lucky for people like us, there's not a thousand studios to do the work. So that really provides a lot of work for us in our industry. Um, so I think there'll be more work for us. I think there'll be other ways of doing distribution. I think a 30, you know, I think like $15 million, $25 million films are maybe going to become more common. You know, uh, Netflix's price of entry is about 40 million. Like that's where they want to kind of keep their newbies. And then like, you know, like the Glean Keens and stuff like that, they go up to like 75 and higher. But the, you know, the age of, $150 million film budgets. Nobody has to do that anymore. I, I just, I, it's just really inefficient. Like, dude, yeah. I can't even tell you how much money they spent on the good dino. I mean, you would fucking cry. I mean, <laughs> how much money they spent on what? The good dinosaur. Oh, you literally could have made six films for the amount wow, of Wow, really? Wow. And you know, it, it wasn't bad, but it, it's definitely not one of Pixar's classic movie. Yeah, sure. it's, I don't want to speak negatively about it, and certainly not about uh, Pete Summers, a fucking amazing artist and, and, and human being. Um, but yeah, I think I think I think we're in for a change. I think it's good because I think there are gonna be opportunities for smaller studios to do work, and then I think you know the big studios are gonna still do what they do. But places like us, we're gonna be able to do stuff that we weren't able to do before because look, sex, death, and robot shows whatever you think about it, there is an appetite for that type of stuff. There's more of an appetite for anime now than there is yeah. for American animation. Yeah. Kids, you know? So yeah. Yeah. A lot yeah. of the, the sort of the niche and sort yeah. of fringe, um, you know, types of, of, um, uh, you know, uh, whatever subject matters are now actually getting like some you know and it's not just for good for this to the studios it's also good for the audiences audiences yeah. that that have been really craving these more fringe like things now suddenly are being made like you take a look at like a show like uh the, the like invincible right like this show it's like based on a robert kirkman uh green you know, you know uh comic and <laughs> oh yeah oh yeah i got my i moved mine my bookcases in, in here yeah. anymore but it's like a great story but yeah. i just i don't think that that would have been made years ago i just don't think and not to that level of quality at least that's yeah. for sure yeah. and so like now it's like it's like these these fans on all these little corners of the world that have these yeah. great books and good comic books that they've always dreamt of being a, an actual show or a movie that yeah. that could happen now it's like actually happening which is yeah. great well and, and furthermore i mean the stuff that i'm trying to do with the studio i'm trying to get off the, the ground with my, my partner right now um you know we're looking at you know it's really weird coming from animation we're looking at performance capture and unreal engine like performance mm -hmm. capture for the front end um actually being able to reshoot live in editorial um, and doing Unreal Engine in the back end. Hmm. A lot of stuff's going in that way, in that direction right now. You know, The Mandalorian, I know they sell, like, we did it 100% like that. Like, they didn't. It's like, there's a lot of, like, traditional CG work to get that thing done. But it is sure. going in that direction. Supposedly, Unreal 5 is really a tool that's going to kind of change how we're... Oh, yeah. It's not just for games. It's like, they're they're trying Everything. to take out Maya, basically. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Maya's got to start jamming. Yeah. Yeah, good luck. It, 